love this podcast, support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the link in the episode description to support us now. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. I think it's appropriate there have been four versions of I'm Vengeance to open up this week's episode <laughs> because we are covering The Batman, the highest grossing movie of 2022 so far. And we have so a special far. guest, which we'll get into right after this. I am Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Oh, hey, look, my cat came. How, how fitting for Catwoman uh, discussions, which we will be having. Uh, so like I said, this is a really exciting episode. We are covering the Batman, and we do have a special guest, Mackenzie Green. Hello. Hi, Mackenzie. <laughs> so for our audience, Mackenzie Green currently serves as vice president of social for Who, What, Where, Click Brands. She is a co-host on The Taylor Strecker Show, which I listen to very regularly. So I suggest daily check it out <laughs> daily. Almost. Yeah. Uh, she's a proud University of Miami and Columbia Business School alumni. And in 20 in 2010, she served as Miss DC USA. Currently, she sits on several charity boards and is a proud member of Kappa Kappa Gamma and the Lynx, Inc. Green is a proud dog mom of two. Um, we're of one <laughs> over here. Uh, and she's a marathon runner with the bad knees to prove it. You can find her surfing, hiking, and looking for a quality breakfast burrito around Los Angeles. Ooh, that's it. That, I mean, come on. There, there must be so many <laughs> options. I'm sure you have a ranking list oh, of burritos like, in it, it never stops. When I lived in New York, I went on a burger crawl. Um, yes. A drink. And so uh, I just, I keep that energy going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you and I would be fast friends. Food crawls exactly. are just like my thing. Yeah. I swear. It's the best thing um, ever. Uh, and we're just super, super excited to have you on this episode. Uh, for our listeners, they might know that we've already covered Batman before in an episode around when Joker came out, because we were yes. like, we have to take this opportunity. So we did a whole two-part episode where we compared each Batman, and then we compared each Joker. Okay. And mm -hmm. so this is kind of like our, this is now our third Batman episode, but instead of doing every single film... You know, we'll just kind of set it up, but really focus on this new Batman and what this new Batman brought to this kind of Bat world. Yeah. Um, so this uh -huh. is the third episode also where we're doing that, right? Because we've been doing this podcast for so long where now we're covering reboots that we've already covered before yes. in the past. We're rebooting <laughs> that's our how, episodes. That's just how unoriginal Hollywood <laughs> is, right? Like in three <laughs> years time, things are already getting rebooted already. Yeah, seriously. But uh, actually, before we get into some history, which is, you know, my favorite part of the episode, I just have a couple questions for everybody. How did you guys, like, prepare for this episode, if any? Did you rewatch any of the old movies? You know, mm -hmm. any readings? Like, you know, share what you guys have been doing for, the, for this whole Batman oh, yeah. extravaganza. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I am a huge fan of two really good content creators on TikTok. Uh, one is this guy, Straw Hat Goofy, and the other one is Jay Stoobes. I think they're, like, two of my favorite kind of, like, nerddom, fandom, content creator movie folks. Um, uh -huh. So I just watched a bunch of their stuff, which I was going to do anyway. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I sat through all three hours of the Batman. Um, 
uh, it was yeah it was long um and <laughs> yeah that was like the extent of my i i have a not encyclopedic knowledge but i think i i and i've said this to rolando before i'm like i started and I'm like I famously said it on Taylor's show. I started as a DC Comics fan, so I am mm. always going into any DC content being like, please, 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 please be better. Please it's be a hard better. time to be a DC <laughs> fan, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's always funny because like going to a movie like this, you know, there was no prep. I was like, I'm just going to try not to watch any of the other stuff. I'm not going to wa- rewatch Heath true, Ledger's true. The Joker again. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go into this and hope for the best. Nice. Okay. Rolando, did you do any rewatches or uh, any preps? For to prep for the podcast, actually, so not I didn't watch anything before the Batman, and I actually tried to avoid the trailers also because I think trailers nowadays just give away too much. Uh, I think what I did though afterwards, I just rewatched Batman Forever, which is the one that has the Riddler with uh, Mm, Jim Carrey's performance. Jim Carrey's Riddler, yeah. Just and they're just so dynamically different, but I think I appreciate them both. and, uh, yeah, I was hunting down my uh, version of uh, Hush, the comic book, because I felt yes. like this, like yes. Hush was the thing that came to mind after I left the theater. I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay, they did, like, almost a semi-version. So, and Nicole, if you don't know, Hush is, like, one of these, that's actually the first comic book that got me back into comic book reading. Okay. Uh, after I had, like, not been reading comics for so long. And uh, Hush introduces his new villain. It also introduces, he a kind of, is one of the bigger Riddler storylines, because Riddler... I don't know. I don't, I, you know, when you think of Batman, you think of Joker, not really the Riddler. So, you know, uh, yeah. it was an interesting one to reread and stuff. And I, I do like the Hush storyline. So I'm hoping that they that they do stuff with it. Uh, future, yeah. Well, for for me, you know, I'm 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 not the comic book fan in the, the bunch and I'm not merely the TV one. I'm, I'm a film person. And uh, so I was just like, oh, wow, I get an opportunity to check out Batman Returns and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, pretty much doing drag. Yes, I'll take it. Uh, (laughs) A little bit of Batman Forever, because that one's very, like, that's one of my earliest movie obsession memories. And uh, I actually rewatched Batman from 1966, because, now, spoiler alert for this whole episode, (laughs) but the four villains in Batman 1966 are also in The Batman. Yes. Oh, I guess it's funny. I didn't even. It's think about yeah. That. If you think about it, and I'm sorry for yeah. a little bit of a spoiler there, um, <laughs> but and I also was just super excited for the movie experience because obviously you know with the pandemic, hopefully ending soon. Obviously we're not out of it, but you know people are going back to the movie theaters, and I'm such a fan of movie theater experiences. Yes. So I I saw it Friday night, 7 p.m. IMAX sold out and I gotta say it was the experience itself was freaking wonderful what about you guys I am definitely so I love the theater also I spent some time I had an incredible boss at Paramount who was very big on see the movies in theaters because as she said to us like we work in the business of film going to theater you should understand and know and watch the trailers do all this stuff so I'm the same way I'm also (laughs) I'm just a very anxious llama at all times so i have to go to like the first showing like on a <laughs> random day where i'm like i can like have eyes on everybody in the theater i'm like i can clock everyone i'm like mm-hmm. don't get up don't move stay still <laughs> like mm-hmm. so that so i definitely like arranged my work schedule um in a way that when i finished my last meeting i live really close to a movie theater i like finished my last meeting walked over there and went to go see it and it was it was quite the experience it was uh we even had somebody pulled a fire alarm again i'm an anxious llama so the moment the movie started (laughs) like we were right about to start and then 
something happened and I before the woman could even say there uh, please get to the exit I was like downstairs and outside <laughs> and people around me were like I thought it was part of the movie and I was like that's how they get you so <laughs> the guy was like even the guy that took my ticket was like how'd you get down here so fast I was like don't worry about it I've been prepared I stay ready so I've been prepared for this my whole yeah. life <laughs> so I started the movie with a full-on adrenaline dump and like around the 30 like the 90 minute mark I had to be like I, I think I need a snack because my entire body is now calming down but it was I I love being in the theater but my god was that like the full embodiment of my worst nightmare wow okay wow. so mixed yeah. feelings with this uh viewing a little bit maybe. I know <laughs> it, was, it was good and I loved it but like God bless everybody that sat around me that watched me take off like a friggin' Looney Tunes <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate for Warner Brothers content. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Eddie and I, we could not see it over the weekend because I was unfortunately, well, fortunately for me, but I was at a bachelor party over the weekend in Seattle mm-hmm. and I none of my friends wanted to go leave the fun stuff to go see the Batman, unfortunately. You know, three hours out of the weekend, I guess, makes sense. But That's understandable. Uh, I was going to try to see it on the cheap Tuesday ticket day. However, Eddie was free. So we figured like, let's go Monday. And I think that was a mistake for me because I think the pandemic has ruined people's etiquette at yes. movie theaters because yeah. Okay. I'm oh my God. Yes. Oh, oh, I could, I lost my mind. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I yeah, lost I was, my no, mind. Same with me. Like I was ready to, I, well, I did snap at the people immediately next to me because it was a couple. They were young. They were oh, just no. talking throughout the first five minutes of the movie. I'm just like, Oh, this is not how it's going to go for the rest of this film. I had to tell them, I was like, Hey guys, can you just keep it down? The guy wanted to fight me. And I was just like, no, I'm not looking <laughs> yeah. for a fight. I am just like, I'm just like, Telling you guys, just keep it down. You know, yeah. whisper to each other. But th- they were talking at full volume. And then next to Eddie was a group of younger kids. They're not kids. They were like uh, maybe in their 20s, uh, early 20s. But they were just like talking throughout the whole film like about comic book nerdery, which is fine. But like, don't do it during the movie. Just yeah. wait until after. Just wait. Wow. I had, I had a guy and his girlfriend... And they, you know how, you, like, people, I also, this makes no sense to me. So I intentionally always get the seat that's in front of, um, you know, where the bar is for mm-hmm. handicap seating. So I intentionally pick this, the row right behind that so I can prop my feet up right. on the bar. Homeboy decides, well, I want to prop my feet up on the cup holders for, because the armrests were up. And when mm. I got there and I was like, hey, I need to put the armrest down. Like, you're going to have to move your feet. He tried to act like I was inconveniencing him. I was like, playa, oh that's not gosh. how the seats work. This is gosh. my armrest. You didn't like, and he just, and then the whole time to his girlfriend, he was like, oh, no, I'm here. she could have sat anyplace else. I was like, again, assigned seats. I <laughs> right. am here. I wanted this seat. Mm-hmm. I specifically oh chose this. Like, oh, that is so man. crazy. I'm so sorry, yeah. guys, because I literally like, I had the most well-behaved audience. You are Everyone so lucky. was just, they were in the movie. They were quiet. There was nothing. Like any noise you heard yeah. was a reaction. It you was, know what the problem is? I'm mm-hmm. usually an eye pick girl. And, that, and that's like, that's a world where people have paid money for this mm-hmm. experience. So everybody shuts the F up they are like mm. i paid too much money for the seat in this food just shut up and that yeah, was like yeah, and i yeah. was like this is what i get for coming to the regular theater this is true on a yeah. friday afternoon yeah like <laughs> yeah you, I, you went to a carasotes uh rolando so that's what I you did, get yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. you know they are but, but the usually are, yeah we usually have great experiences there yeah, the seats are so comfy but we're also one of six people on tuesday <laughs> mm. like, yeah yeah so usually, usually yeah <laughs> 
it's not like so Spider Man right now. So the Spider Man and uh, the Batman have been the two movies that have been just packed. Yes. Uh, when we've gone and stuff, so everything Superhero else that we've movies, seen in theaters yeah. so far, yeah. yeah. Right. I have to yeah. say, though, this, like, you know, not, I mean, I know this is about Warner Brothers, but, you know, props <laughs> to Kevin Feige. I have to, as I sit here in my Danvers shirt, I don't even own any <laughs> Warner stuff anymore, any DC stuff. But I was like, <laughs> I kept thinking, I was like, again, this is the difference between Marvel and DC, right? Is like the Marvel crowd is a very, like, it was like a mix of ages and, like, backgrounds mm. and young and old and people being like, oh, my God, Spider-Man! And being like, can't wait! Let's go! Guys, let's be quiet! Yeah! It's, uh-huh. it's the Daredevil! <laughs> this was, like, the moodiest, older, like... Yes. Like, just shut up! Just watch True. the movie! Every, everyone <laughs> yeah, wearing bro. their shirts, yeah. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you had, like, the full-on, like, dude bros, like, neck beards who came being like, yeah! Yes. Riddler's finally yes. getting his due! And then you have like the guys who were like yeah i'm like batman like i was just like oh this is a different energy i haven't been Such around a this different crowd energy yeah in a minute yeah yeah that's true and that's that's it a lot of true. what the Brett, uh, batman fandom kind of brings with it you know yes um so mm-hmm. let's let's start getting I'm part into of that it fandom, though so <laughs> yes let's be careful how we i know like, that's the funny part is like i grew up being like i mean god bless my parents because they must have thought it was so creepy because i loved Superman like I thought I was mm-hmm. like I get him he is like an alien dropped on another planet and then you get to be a moody teenager and you're like mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the Batman and then it didn't help that Alicia Silverstone who I loved Ooh, from Clueless oh, yeah. was Batgirl mm-hmm. so then I was like oh I'm definitely going to be Batgirl like I'm training like I took Taekwondo did all the things because I was going to be Batgirl <laughs> and so it's really funny when I'm like in the theater and I, you're, it's like, I don't know. It's like you, you have these moments where you're like, oh, but then I now looking at it as an adult, I'm like, I get why my parents were freaked out. Cause it's like, this man is an <laughs> yeah. orphan vigilante. He's a little bit of a weirdo. And, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. like yeah. the whole time I kept being like, <laughs> yeah. God, he's such a weirdo. Like with his emo bangs and it's like walking out of shadows. Oh, and then yeah. I was just like, oh, oh yeah. this is why he appealed to me as like a teenager being like, <laughs> yeah, he gets it. He That's gets so it. funny. <laughs> Seriously, but I did the same yeah. thing. I mean, I joined karate. It was both Batman and Power Rangers for right? me. Right? Yes. Hispanic kid playing, trying to yeah. be a karate person. You know? I mean, yeah. I, I was convinced. And I and I think, and you probably had the same thing too, where it's like, because they had the mask on, you're like, oh yeah, I could, de-. like, because I couldn't, <laughs> when I said to my friends, let me be Scary Spice, it's like, Mackenzie, you can't be Scary Spice. But like, I can pick any Ranger I want because I got a mask on, so mm-hmm. they don't know. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get a little bit into this movie because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, a little bit of yes. history, and I'm going to keep it super, super brief, right? TV show in the 60s. I mean, before that, there was Batman serial films in the 40s and whatnot, but TV show in the 60s with a movie didn't do so well, and after, after three seasons, fizzled out. But then in 1977, Star Wars came out and changed everything in Hollywood. So the next year they made Superman and Superman was a massive hit. So they Mm -hmm. immediately greenlit a Batman movie. But that movie took 10 years to come to fruition because also in between you had two more superhero uh, Superman movies that didn't do that well and kind of was like Warner Brothers was like, should we do this? Mm. When Warner Brothers became uh they affiliated with time inc and became time warner was when they started re-strategizing and being like how can we make a film that we can also highly market and make merchandise out of and that is when they decided to put the best that that they had on the lot with tim burton and michael keaton and 
Goober and Peters, and they made the ba- and Prince. And Prince. <laughs> yes, and Jack and Nicholson. Prince, and Jack Nicholson. Don't yep. forget that part. And they and they greenlit Batman nineteen eighty nine. They had a nine month long plan of like promotions and merchandise mm-hmm. and like the poster was just the bad symbol it didn't have the name you know like bad fever was insane in 1989 and that really i think did kind of kick off a superhero craze within this country obviously it went off next level in the 21st century but if that movie never really came out or never you know had the impact that it did things i think would have looked differently right yeah oh yeah I, for sure I a million so. percent yeah and of course you know it had so many sequels so 1992 Batman Returns uh which is my favorite it's I think and it's it the is, most unique yeah, I have to say yeah Batman Return uh, yeah that Tim Burton era was like comic books come to life mm-hmm. yes. yes yes uh Joe Schumacher took over and made Batman Forever which is a personal favorite of mine because that's when I realized I was I liked the ladies uh, <laughs> everybody has that movie that makes yeah them like, oh yeah ah. mm-hmm. like, nicole kidman <laughs> as chase meridian like i wanted that poster in my room and my mom was like no you're n- <laughs> no uh Aww. batman and robin in 1997 which yep. effectively which actually was kind of important though because warner brothers was like we can't just have anyone take like our big oh, money yeah. makers you know we need to really be choosy about who can make these movies and they finally let Christopher Nolan take his hand right. at it in 2005. Obviously, he does the Dark Knight trilogy, and that happens with Marvel, like corresponds with Marvel coming out. So now superheroes have taken over the world. Yes. And yeah. then the Zack Snyder era happens, <laughs> mm. and we get oh fun. <laughs> you know, we we don't we kind of want to gloss over that. Um, but you know, we've kind oh, of had no. well. We've kind of have a Batman or a Batman affiliated thing for like every like every two or three years a for a decade yeah. now. Yeah. Each decade for sure definitely sees a Batman, but yeah. well, I, I mean, think I, like I five years. I had a buddy who worked at Warner during the Snyder era, right? And he and like the T on that was always that like Ben Affleck came in for a general, he met with the head of the studio and she was like, You can pick basically it was kinda like welcome to the team, you can pick anything you want from the warner brothers catalog she was like you can remake citizen kane if you want mm, to mm-hmm. what do you what do you want to do ben what is the thing that we can do to make you happy and that basically his answer was well i felt like i got really embarrassed playing daredevil so i want to be batman so that's how we got <laughs> ben affleck that's is how ben. we so got like that. i wow. so i always felt very resentful when we got that era of batman like the snyder mm-hmm. era because i was like he doesn't care about the mantle the he just doesn't point. want to get embarrassed mm, true yeah and that mm. was not a smart payoff because yeah because he's still know. embarrassed himself right yeah. yeah yeah uh it's such a shame too because i actually thought i liked him though as bruce wayne to be totally honest and yeah, to i actually love the costume design yeah yeah but the movies themselves were just like kind of like yeah eh, you know i wanted more yeah, wanted yeah. better for sure. I mean, I think I think the problem is uh, across the town. You've got you know a world in which men and women are literally playing parts that like people were like, this is like, like you've got Robert Downey Jr. playing a mm-hmm. a man who needs redemption to find his soul, and you're like, yes. hmm, where have I heard that story before, RDJ? It's like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you know the mantle means something now, and you take it up for these different characters. It's true. true. Yeah. So I remember actually when after like the dawn uh, what was it uh, Superman versus Batman Superman Dawn of Justice yes okay they they had released that there was going to be a Ben Affleck solo movie the Batman right Rolando yes. yes so yeah so that was actually announced in 2014 
Ben Affleck was supposed to direct and co-write it with Jeff Johns. And I, I actually like Ben Affleck directed flicks. I was just like, oh, this could be interesting. But then we saw Batman v Superman. I was like, oh, are they going this? Are they still going to go the Zack Snyder route, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, the ultimate problem with it. It's not the Batman. It wasn't Ben Affleck. It was Snyder's vision that kind of was just yeah. like kind of a little bit. I don't know. It was a little one dimensional. And I think uh, that they never had a canonical world, right? It's like we mm-hmm. we randomly got a reboot of Superman, but we were also coming off the Smallville era, which I loved. Yes. And I was like, so is that not canon anymore? And I was like, right. Mm-hmm. So what was that show? And what's this? And now, like, yeah. Jesse mm-hmm. Eisenberg was a great Lex Luthor, but it's like I just spent like eight years watching a story about how Lex and Clark grew, grew mm-hmm. up together. It's like, guys, figure out your story here. That's well, I mean, that's true. also a good point, right? Because the there was no continuity and stuff, and because I think at this point they're also trying to catch up with Marvel. Yes, was the other problem. <laughs> so like you just like they were just kind of like going all. They were a little wish. They also didn't have someone at the helm. They put Zack Snyder there, but that was kind of a mistake. Yeah. They tried to fix it with putting Jeff Johns for a little while because he's like you know a prolific <laughs> comic book writer, but yeah. it just it wasn't working out. But Ben Affleck had mentioned that he they were working on a script uh, that was going to be focused around Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth, which is like I thought a wonderful comic, yeah, a little dark, and they were also <laughs> kind of jumping off a little bit off the. Uh, the Arkham Asylum popularity game, you know, the games. Yeah. And uh, smart, I think, but I don't know, you know, because they were trying to, I think the goal for Warner Brothers was just throw in as many supervillains as possible, <laughs> see who sticks, yeah. and then continue franchises <laughs> with them. I uh, mean, I don't blame them. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you look across through like, everything. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like, yeah, you look up and you're like, Avengers is happening, so you're like, oh, let's get the Justice League together. And it's like, yo, mm-hmm. pump your brakes. <laughs> like, yeah, slow yeah. down. Let's get to know some of these characters yeah. a little bit first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Affleck stepped down uh, as director in 2017. He said he claims that he wanted the director to be someone who would be excited for the project. I guess hinting already that like he just he wasn't happy. And this is all <laughs> happening during the midst of the behind the scenes drama of the Justice League. So <laughs> and that itself was like kind of a big kerfuffle that we would find out years later. We covered it on our podcast when we covered Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. I argue that's like an interesting remake situation that was going on for the WB. Uh, Reeves actually got added to be director in February 2017. And his one stipulation was that he wanted complete control, visionary control. And Warner Brothers was just like, okay, take it. (laughs) We're desperate. You know, (laughs) which I, I think it was signaling also the end of like, Warner Brothers doing these like continuity films, right? Like they were just yeah. like saying, because they're like, maybe we're going to just like focus on making good films and not <laughs> mm. worry about how they are yeah. connected, connected yeah. overall. Yeah, interesting. And uh, I think they've had some payoff as a result. Like the Suicide Squad, for example, I liked. Uh, I liked Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad is where I was like, I'm. I'm not clever enough for this, but oh, I'm also really? so- but I'm also somebody that like the first time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, what is what is this? Why is this? <laughs> Who made this? And then it's like, then I was like, damn it, now I have to watch it because it's important. So that's the way I felt when they were like, guess who's making the suits? I was like, damn it. Here we go again. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, of course, The Joker is another one yep. of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, wait, Harley Quinn. Harley Prey. The Birds of Prey, yeah, of but that prey. was also that, that was like see, there's that was connected to like the DCEU, but they're all they're also kind of not. <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. Like Warner Brothers hasn't figured out their formula, but no. you know, production <laughs> did begin in January 2020. Uh, I remember that 
Pattinson was announced in May of 2019, and I, that was actually I shit talked him on the internet with everybody else. Yep, Did I you? Like, okay. Oh, I was like, who asked for this? Yeah, Edward, Edward Cullen. Cullen exactly. Who wants him to be yeah. Batman? Yeah. I'm always so I'm like one of the. I this was my my unpopular opinion, but I'm always very open minded when they cast people to play these roles because Robert Pattinson. I just, you know, at this point, he was kind of like, I knew him obviously as a Twilight guy, but he'd mm-hmm. also been doing a lot of indie films. I was yes, just like, I don't that's know, the maybe he could, yeah. <laughs> maybe he could pull something. I mean, look at Heath Ledger. That's it. Heath Ledger was one that sold me because I shit talk Heath Ledger when he was first cast. <laughs> and then he gave us one of the most brilliant oh, performances of amazing. the Joker. For sure, yeah. yeah. So, Still to this day. No, that's when I learned my lesson. It's just like, yeah. let me give people a chance before I will, before I speak. Pattinson, uh, I think, has been actively trying to DiCaprio his career where it's like, I don't want to be seen as like a teen idol anymore. Now I'm going to yeah. really be like working with like directors and really be like one for I them agree. one for me picks yeah. and i think he and kristen stewart too have like effectively yeah, kind of right. turned their careers around from twilight you know uh, a yeah. franchise Taylor that they, he's still yeah he's still, he's he's still, he's yeah, still trying guy. to <laughs> just trying to figure it out we're waiting for <laughs> him for his uh his breakaway um yeah. but i just want to say matt reeves you know before he got this he had done two of the planet apes uh you know new franchise he had done yeah. cloverfield and whatnot. So it's like he didn't really have. I mean, even though I love the new Planet of the Apes films, you know, he didn't really have enough for I think people to get excited about seeing his version of the Batman. Wait, did he do one Cloverfield Lane? I don't. I don't know if he did the sequel, but I know he did the original film, the first I film. That was. I thought that was um, this guy. What guy? Uh, <laughs> the guy who did Star Trek. Uh no. Cl- well, no. he might have produced it. J.J. Oh, Abrams, okay. but no, he... I thought J.J. Abrams did Clover. Was, okay, so that no. makes sense. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Messing up my film history as usual. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm really glad that Warner Brothers kind of entrusted it with someone who, like like Ben Affleck said, really was just excited about the project and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so now here we have the Batman. And I, I was listening to an interview with Matt Reeves. He said, overall, this was like a five-year endeavor for him. And I think that, mm-hmm. that that amount of time and stuff that they've had with it kind of also shows that they've had the time to kind of make this movie what it is. Uh, and what is the Batman about? It's kind of another origin story, but told a yes. little differently. You know, now we got a year to Batman. So we haven't seen like, it's not like Batman Begins where it's like, I'm going to be a Batman. This is a still kind of figuring it out and still trying to like ingratiate himself within Gotham kind of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He, I don't know. Like it's interesting because I thought he was 16, honestly, but I think he's supposed <laughs> to be 30, but he I acts think, like he's 16. <laughs> well, oh, I think yeah. what this movie does significantly better than other Batman movies do, which I fully agree when people are like, I think this is a better Batman than Bruce Wayne, is that mm-hmm. I always, I kind of always rolled my eyes at this idea that Batman is portrayed as though he's like a billionaire James Bond, yes. right? Yes. That he's like super slick and cool and like, you know, it's like, God bless him. Like, I'll always love Clooney, but like that scene where it's like, what are they bidding on Poison Ivy and they pull out like their credit cards the and they're like, yeah, card. and he's like, oh, put God, it on yeah. the back card. Like, it's always been this very, like, he's a, like a slick dude. And like, even Christian Bales to a certain extent was like, you know, he was like more of a broody James Bond. Like, this mm-hmm. really was like a super weirdo, awkward creeper that like, yeah. as Bruce yeah. Wayne, you were, because I think that's always been the point, right? Is like, yeah. 
Batman is Batman. Bruce Wayne is the alter ego. Mm -hmm. And so like when he would be Bruce Wayne, he was so awkward and weird with his, like I said, his emo bang and his like his dark liner all over his face. And you were just like, oh, like there were these scenes where he was standing there and I was like, you're so uncomfy uncomfy weird like yes put the suit back on you rando (laughs) and then like he would come out as batman and i'd be like oh okay and even then it was still like the cops being like he's weird like and everybody being like this is creepy like are we gonna act like this is normal and so i kind of loved that part of it Yes, I totally agree. Like, I actually kind of loved this emo Batman um, because yeah. it's also like he isn't the Batman that like we've seen in other films. He doesn't really know what he's fucking doing yet. No. And he's still trying to figure it right. out. And he's still trying to process his grief and his own identity. And so, yeah, we get like this really kind of out of it in his feelings, Batman. And um, I think... I just want to share this article that SlashFilm.com wrote really quick with you guys, which is the 15 most emo moments in the Batman ranked. And I just <laughs> just want to like point out some of them, uh, like one prolonged eye contact with a fellow orphan. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> that was my I'm just trying to figure out like what's the a- the end game in this scene. Like yeah, right? why are we staring like, at these? I so loved hard. it so much. I kept waiting for the kid to be like, "You okay? What do yeah. you want?" <laughs> Fourteen rewatching his lover's quarrel with Selena. Uh, Thirteen showing no affection mm-hmm. to cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 12 <laughs> indoor sunglasses at breakfast uh shirtless oh, yeah. spray painting sesh by the fire yes that was yes. so wild so, to me that was my mm-hmm. favorite moment yeah well you know robert pattinson needed to he was i'm sure he was contractually obligated to work on you his know body he was. so he needed oh, yes. to like show it off like, at least once. This, wasn't yes. that one of the jokes that um zoe kravitz made at one point that she when they were like how's filming with the batman going this was like early 2020 she was like oh production's halted because rob hasn't put on enough muscle yet and people yeah. like <laughs> ran with it <laughs> I re- yeah because i think he also said i think he said in interviews he's apparently known to lie in interviews but he said <laughs> that he just doesn't work out he just refuses to work out for the role yeah he wanted to be like adam west is what he said i think Ooh, oh then i love that inspiration <laughs> Uh, just a couple more because they're hilarious. Uh, quote, Alfred, I don't want your cufflinks is another emo moment. Um, every time he, he calls himself vengeance, uh, emerging from darkness, and of oh, course, yeah. bad journaling. So, um, yeah, he's a bad journaling. That's <laughs> actually a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> he's just, he's really, I'm going to put this in the, the show notes because also the blurbs that they wrote with it is pretty hilarious. But overall, like, That's this fantastic. is definitely the most emo Batman. Another moment yes. that I actually laughed, I was the only one who laughed out loud in the theater. But after Alfred wakes up from a coma and he, like, opens his eyes and he looks over and he's so happy to see Bruce there, what's the first thing out of Bruce's mouth? You lie to me. You lie to me. And I just started yeah. laughing and nobody yeah. else was laughing. And I was yeah. like, oh, I think, okay. I think I definitely chuckled on that one too. I'm just like, okay, yeah. what a warm and fuzzy welcome. What, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my my good giggle, I had a good teehee at um, no no guns. That's your thing. Oh, that, was, yeah, that made yeah. me teehee-hee. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, like, yeah, that was a good one too, yeah. Yeah. But even though it made me like laugh at it, I actually, again, I loved it because I was like, oh, I'm down with this like just – completely off his rockers and his feelings yeah. Bruce Wayne because it it makes sense to me and I love a not fully formed Bruce Wayne slash Batman and yeah mm-hmm. I agree this is more Batman no Bruce Wayne because he doesn't even know who Bruce Wayne is yet yeah right um I mean he's not even running his own company yeah, yeah. he even yeah. says he's at like one point he's like can you please go to work yeah 
And yeah. I love that other moment when Alfred's like telling him, you know, you gotta t- you gotta take responsibility. And he goes, "You're not my dad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not my <laughs> yeah, son. A little tantrum. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the great thing about this movie is that we do see him becoming more of a detective. This is very much a detective film. And yeah, again, you know, it was know, a I good detective story. It Absolutely. was a really good detective story. If I were to like kind of sum this up to anybody who's listening, I would say, you know, David Fincher seven meets like mm-hmm. a film noir from the forties meets like Serpico kind of, or for like French okay. connection from the seventies. So it's like a oh. cop drama with a serial killer film, but it's also very film noirish. I mean, yes. We really get to see him be a detective. And again, this movie does an excellent job of showing how much of a weirdo and an outcast he has in this world. That shot where it's like the POV of him walking and all of the cops are looking at him. And then he enters the crime scene full uniform against everybody else's uniform. It's like, what is this guy doing? doing here i don't know why for some reason that also made me kind of like chuckle a little bit because yeah. you don't ever see it like that right it's like every movie yeah. prior to this has always been like when batman shows up everybody's like oh thank god it's batman oh mm-hmm. yay it's mm-hmm. batman batman save me and then yeah. like this one really was like a bunch of cops just being like really like really? you really want him to touch this mm-hmm. stuff yeah you know? which yeah. is interesting right because i think for the most part even though like there was a lot of corruption in the gcpd i think what we're seeing there is just like normal people realize like this is not normal behavior. Yes. Villains, they'll be terrified because they know they're in the wrong here. Uh, but when it came to the cops, like they were all just like, no, this is why are we putting our trust yeah. in this guy? Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. I think that's always been like, again, like the way Batman's been portrayed and the way you understand him as a little kid where you're like, yeah, he's the good guy. Like he puts on the suit and he fights crime. This was like the first time I really was able to zoom out and be like, yeah, this actually wouldn't be helpful if mm-hmm. there was just yes. a dude going yes. around being like, I'll which, yeah, handle which- it. Yeah, that reminds me. Yeah, which I appreciate when the cops are just like, you're really letting him mess yeah. with yeah. all the evidence? Yeah, you're like, just going to let him touch things? What are you doing, things? Gordon? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I and again, that was something I also loved because we never really seen this spin before, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And again, this is a serial killer movie, and the serial killer in this one is the Riddler. And the portrayal of the Riddler and the way that they take it is just one we've never seen before. And I thought, you know, Paul Dano as the Riddler was just one of the absolute oh, best brilliant. things about this film. Mm-hmm. So good. I think yeah. the Riddler has always been my favorite Batman villain, I mm. think. And like you hit on it, uh, like this idea of Jim Carrey's Riddler is one of my favorite because I love Jim Carrey, right? So he was able to turn it into this like very silly weird guy that I was like so honestly going into this knowing how dark it was I kept being like how are they gonna do all these silly stupid riddles and stuff Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. I think where I knew I was gonna love it is because like the posters had hidden messages in them like you had to get a black light to read like the cipher in the posters and all this crazy stuff and that's when I was like wild that's when I was like oh I'm into this like I'm into whatever this is Mm -hmm. yeah and then Paul Dano to me is like him and um He's going to be playing in Marvel. They're they're both very hot, but they play weird people a lot of times. There's like two dudes. I can't remember the other guy's name. But they like I was like, "Oh, Paul Dano's a great weirdo." Like he plays yeah. weirdos so well <laughs> that I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be creepy." Scarily and I like well, the, yeah. Yeah, and I like the idea that it was a little bit like rooted in realism but not like because mm-hmm. there is a moment where your brain goes oh somebody could ostensibly pull this off like yes, yes. like radicalize and move the internet and mm-hmm. a fringe group of people where would that ever come from a fringe right. group of dudes <laughs> to be like we deserve to be in charge and we just need <laughs> to create chaos to do it that would ne- i mean absolutely would never happen in real mm-hmm. life but like the way they pulled it off i just thought was so like 
it worked in a way that it went from being like goofy cartoon like riddle me this to this very like mm-hmm. oh that would be a way to pull it off yeah now. well you know yeah. paul dano yeah he said that his inspiration was zodiac the zodiac killer that's which makes it across. creepier yeah. yeah and definitely when you go in that in that realm you know it just becomes completely sinister and and there were actually a lot of moments in the film you know also the use of social media and whatnot where it was just yeah. so close to like things that have happened in reality that it was it mm-hmm. was really effective well, um, yeah i mean they were definitely hearkening that QAnon movement the uh right the yeah. a little bit like you know kind of yeah. like this anti-government uh, we want to bring down government and make it ours. It was, it was very mm-hmm. incelly too in this whole yes, thing. Yes, where absolutely. Like, yes. Where he was like, "We we should be in charge. We we're the ones that are gonna unmask all the corruption." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, I was like, "Ooh," I was like, "I like it." It's a little, yes, it's a little yes. too yes. honest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a subplot is that we get actually Catwoman and that we meet Selena Kyle, played by Zoni Kravitz, and her whole subplot that while well, you know. Batman pretty much finds her and, and even creeps on her Rue window style. Very creepy. Very I mean, creepy. In a way when she started undressing. Yeah. Rude. Yeah, I mean, he's there to gather evidence, but still, he's not going to look away. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't... Who would look away? I don't I mean, condone, <laughs> but I don't misunderstand either because Zoe Kravitz, amazing. She's hot. Yeah. I mean, she's so like, gorgeous. You know how you said, Rolando, like this idea of like when they said Robert Pattinson, you were like, yay. They said Robert Pattinson. I was like, oh, God. And then they were like, and Zoe Kravitz is the Catwoman. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go see it. Because I was like, <laughs> if anybody's going to play Catwoman, it makes sense to me that it's her. And I think mm-hmm. we'll probably get into this later of like our favorite Catwoman. But because mm-hmm. of who my favorite is, I was like, oh, finally, it's given back to like a sultry sexy woman of color who can like Mm. who feels a little like because i always felt like that's the point is like catwoman both sticks out and doesn't Mm -hmm. right and it's like and to me it's like oh good like we're back to that again where it's a woman that like in a crowd of what gotham is you notice her but somehow she manages to blend in blend in yeah 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 so Batman and, and Catwoman in this movie, they kind of team up. He realizes, you know, he can use her to get some inside information as to what the Riddler is trying to pretty much give the message to the Batman. Like Batman realizes early on, like I'm supposed to put this, these puzzle pieces together. So he collaborates with the Catwoman and uses her to kind of like go underground with Carmine Falcone yeah. and mm-hmm. Oswald Cobblepot, who is also in this movie. Um, yes. But before we get into those guys too, again, you know, Selena Kyle her relationship with the Batman is really interesting in this one because he knows that she's Selena Kyle and often calls her Selena. There's no mention of Catwoman, yeah. but she doesn't know who he <laughs> right. is at all. He does not kind of like return the favor <laughs> in the sense where it's like, yeah. I'll let you get to know me. But maybe that's kind of fitting because again, I don't think he thinks of himself yet as Bruce Wayne. I think he no. thinks of himself as Batman. Well, um, that's always been Batman's relationships with women and usually even partners i think he knew barbara gordon who she was but she didn't know who he was for like a few yeah. years so well i mm-hmm. feel like at least in media right because i'm not a comic yeah, that's book true. in, media, in right. media there's always a moment where batman and and catwoman kind of let each other see themselves for who they are you yeah. know the big thing in batman returns when he tries to yeah. like you know reach out to her and be like hey you know this is us. This is us right here. Oh, uh, see, my favorite moment is before that when they both realize when they're dancing under the mistletoe and they're exchanging their sweet little whispers to each other. I think that's such a sweet <laughs> moment. And then they're like, oh my God, do we have to fight right now? Like we're in a ballroom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they yeah. gave me very like 
Killmonger Nakia vibes, right? Where it's like they both have the same mission, but they have mm. different ways they want to approach it. Where yes. it's like mm-hmm. Fabian's like, we can figure this out, but like we got to use the system. We got to go through the cops. We got to like, mm-hmm. you know, go through. I was like, bro, you're a vigilante. And you're like, the justice system. We should trust it. And I'm like, clearly you don't. Hence the <laughs> suit. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> I don't know who you are now. And then it's like, and then you have her being like, yeah, we have to get the answers, but I don't trust the system. Like the system mm-hmm. is unkind. And that's why I get back to like, sorry, I got my soapbox but like that's why i get back to it works when catwoman is portrayed as a certain person because if anybody else said that line what we have to go by this system with another privileged white man like we'd all be like all right anne hathaway if she said it Mm. but there's (laughs) something about zoe kravitz saying it that you're kind of like all right i I like what yeah i see what's happening here that's a very astute yeah absolutely Absolutely. true absolutely yeah like you can um, understand like on many levels why her character does not trust the system for both mm-hmm. like how she was raised, how she has seen the world of Gotham. And then like on the other side, you have like yeah. billionaire Bruce Wayne who's like the system works. So like mm-hmm. that part of it is cool to kind of watch them like want the same thing, but go about yeah. it in entirely different ways. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked that Selena also very much had like a clear mission in this film. And I yes. I like it when like we know why a character's on like in the story and what their motivations are and where they came from and all this stuff. And I think yeah. all of those characters did that really well. You know, I might get heat for that, but I think that's one of the reasons that the dark Knight to me, isn't this perfect film because we have no, re- we don't know where the Joker came from or why he's doing it. Every single villain in every Batman movie, other than the Joker in the dark Knight, we know why, where they came from and why they're doing yes. what they're doing. That is so true because there is, but that the Joker just Anne comes has, out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. The Joker really is somebody that like, but that's what makes him scary. I mean, let's be yeah, honest. That's, that's what makes him scary, that... but but that's what made Joker 2019 so great is because yes. we got that and we understood yeah. where he comes from. And like, But see, he... I'll be honest. I liked the Heath Ledger, like, unhinged man that oh, came yeah. out of nowhere, right? His because, performance like, is great, but the yeah, writing because, of him... Oh, the writing is horrible. He made, yes. he made magic <laughs> out of awful. But it's like, I don't know, for some reason, I think that's why... That's what appeals to me about sometimes mm-hmm. superhero I get, movies yeah. is sometimes yeah. it's the guy that has because I think ultimately that is in like that's evil people in the world. Sometimes there are mm-hmm. people that have all the motivation and backstory to why they did what they did, and you're like you're still bad. And then there's some right. people it's like you catch the wrong weirdo on a Thursday and your entire life could get ruined. So like mm-hmm. yeah. that's the part that I always kind of you know that's very dark, but that's the part I like about Joker <laughs> that we yeah. got was like. All these other people had reasons, and he's just like, ha, I, want I have to no rob reason. Yeah, I'm just yeah, an I have no reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it, and like it does work because the Joker's and Heath Ledger's so brilliant. But that was always one of my major gripes, where it was yeah. like, every, like, where did he come from? We get it in, <laughs> You're like, in Batman else. 1989. <laughs> yeah. You know, the only other character you... who just kind of showed up was Two Face, and that's why Two Face doesn't really work in Batman Forever because it's like, who is yeah. this guy? Why is he doing what he's doing? Well, that's true. In you Batman know? Forever, he doesn't work as well, despite. I think the over-the-top performance. That yeah, I, I mean, yeah, come to appreciate for kitsch yeah. reasons. I love it, <laughs> but that's one of the things that I really appreciated about this film was that we know where Selena Kyle came from and what she wants. You know, her origin, yeah. the Riddler too. We actually get to go inside, you know, his mind when we enter his apartment. We know mm-hmm. why he became who he is, and. We are getting, you know, some backstory as to Oswald Cobblepot and the world he lives mm-hmm. in and his that relationship. That I loved. I yeah. was. So, like, I love a good Irishman. I mean, I have yet to find one I don't find absolutely gorgeous. So, again, it was like, Colin, Colin Farrell's in the movie. And I, yeah. there were, there had to have been at least 10 times where I had to be like, that's Colin Farrell. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Colin Farrell. I couldn't Farrell. believe I, it. Yeah. At one point, I told my mom, I said, I thought, 
I was like, my brain went, oh, it's Joe Pesci in a fat yeah. suit. <laughs> and then I was like, no, no, that's Colin Farrell. And I think yeah. he plays, I mean, again, because I love the cartoonery of like the Burton era and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yes. And there was something about Danny DeVito's that's still to this day, him eating the raw fish still Disgusting. sits in my mind with his creepy little penguin hands that like yeah then made me not like penguin and then obviously the um the batman tv show when they tried mm-hmm. it again they've always introduced penguin has always gotten the most cartoony thing right mm-hmm. like they always find a way to like make him look like a penguin like a damn penguin ran- yep. yeah make him out of nowhere start waddling mm-hmm. and there was something about this one that i thought was so brilliant and i do have to say the beat that i thought was was funny and like tip of the hat Jareebs was this moment when they tied him up and he, and he was trying to yeah. and he was yeah. trying to waddle after the car and I was like I love this so much yeah. I was like finally yeah. you got one waddle yeah. out of the whole movie yeah you know to talk about Colin Farrell yeah. just a little bit you know at first I was like do we need to put an actor in a fat suit can't we just hire someone right. who's like more yeah. appropriate for the Robust. role but I also loved this idea of like we'll never see anyone look like that again as long as it's like it's Oswald Cobblepot like yeah. you know mm-hmm. like it's so unique to the film and again he just completely disappeared in that and mm-hmm. there was something really nice about that where we all experienced where we weren't watching a movie star and right. that we don't really get that a lot you know so there is like I have mixed feelings about like the casting but overall like it was really pleasing to be like I can't even hear it in his voice that that's Colin Farrell right? and that's oh, just no. so yeah. exciting yeah, yeah. I was blown away by that performance and I the prosthetic work the makeup work was just like top fantastic notch. I, like, yeah. I we love had... make I love good special effects makeup and practical mm-hmm. stunts and like practical effects so like it was just that whole like car chase was like yes. what I love about movies where it was like this is not a green screen car chase this mm-hmm. is a yeah. real car chase that is a real fire that is really him flying through like mm-hmm. this is really colin fair like full close-up with all the makeup yeah. and prosthetics in the yeah. in the side view mirror it was just it was chef's kiss it was beautiful yeah. it was chef's kiss oh i say that too i love that you say that um <laughs> and you know just to just to really quickly bounce off of that you know what i love about a movie experience too is when you're watching something that's just so wonderfully shot and highly stylized you know yes. there was so much rain going on that added to the aesthetic of the film yeah like does it not ever stop raining in gotham and Never. that first fight when he's fighting those joke i don't know i i kind of I didn't thought they I were think, joker fans yeah. but they might be because they might be uh, spoiler alert we we have hints that joker is can, at the end right can i just say fully to yeah. your spoiler alert when I kept seeing, again, I love Barry Keogh. Like, I cannot find an Irishman I don't like. <laughs> so, like, I kept seeing Barry Keogh at all the premieres and stuff. Or he would, like, take pictures of himself with Batman socks on. And I was like, bro, Kevin Feige signs your checks. You, I was, you yes. are an eternal. Stop. Calm down. Like, I'm so glad you're supporting your fellow Irishman, Colin. But, like, calm down. And then, like, obviously at the end when he's like, what's, what's, what do you have more of? The less time goes on or whatever. And I was like, whoever the hell is playing, playing him is creepy as hell. And yeah. then later, <laughs> like, again, the content creator was like, and Barry Keogh makes an appearance. And I was like, shut up. And I was like, who yeah. is doing makeup for this movie? Yeah. 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 Well, it was the way they shot him too was, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was, yeah. was yeah. great. You know, that kind of like, you so see you him, really but you see. don't. Yeah. yeah. 
But you it know, was, I and mean, then it, again, it shows you the canon of the characters, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're just seeing a side profile. You hear nothing. Homeboy gets the riddle, goes a friend, and then you hear that creepy ass laugh. And laugh. Like, yeah, and the you're laugh like, God, I forgot. Yeah. I love Arkham Asylum. It's filled with all the weirdos and creeps and villains. I love it. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt Reeves really kept this uh, role really under wraps. They filmed yes. fake scenes also, so that mm-hmm. way the press would get it. And not realize that he's the Joker. That that's what I they love were that him so for. much. Yeah. I mean, I really could not figure out why he was like at the premiere and so excited. I was just like, "Oh, Barry, will, Barry will go to the opening of an <laughs> He's so supportive like, good for oh you. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Wow." He I was like, "Wow." Yeah. At least he got to Irish go to the premiere. Like poor Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield weren't allowed at the premiere for Spider Man because they didn't want to leak. I still, I still to this day think that's the funniest thing ever is the idea of like you're Toby you haven't acted in a decade you get this thing and now you and Andrew Garfield like Andrew said are just two middle aged white dudes with masks on going to like you know the Grove to go watch the movie and you're just in the back with people being like oh my god and now you're famous again and you're like nobody saw it and then don't even get me started on the fact that people are like he might be in, in uh, you know, Multiverse of Madness. And it's like, well, he's not oh, going to get sure. to go to that premiere either. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, there were some shots that, you know, seeing it on the big screen, IMAX were just absolutely stunning. That first shot when he's fighting those Joker kids and yes. Matt Reeves places his camera like a cl- across the platform. So you yes. get this really nice wide shot. Um, when he blacks out, the place the 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 iceberg lounge and then you know the gunshots are happening so like you get the fight in like bits and pieces you know moments like this i just thought watching it on the big screen is again why i love to go to the movies i love a good car chase i love like good fight sequences that are shot Mm -hmm. in an interesting way and that i can actually see what's going on i hate films that are overly edited in those scenes yeah and like i you know matt reeves said that when he did the car chase you know he's like i'm putting the camera in if i'm putting it on the car then we're gonna see like rain on the camera you know like he wanted it to feel as organic as possible and that really Mm -hmm. came through Um, i thought one of the most brilliant kind of sequences that showed like the difference between batman bruce wayne and like who he was becoming was when he goes to the iceberg lounge as batman and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> which also i was like you just go knock on the door like that i did but find like that, funny yeah. Too, yeah. that freaked me out i was like shouldn't you be like sneaking in yeah. but like how he goes as batman proceeds to fight his way in then when he comes back as bruce wayne knocks on the door and they're like oh my god it's bruce wayne come on in you (laughs) son of a bitch and then like when he comes back as like a hybrid of the two and like opens the door goes do you know who i am and then it just becomes like a half like okay fine we'll let you go this far and now i'm gonna fight the rest of the way like right right. i thought that was i think those kind of beats from just like a production standpoint and like a storytelling standpoint are so smart because yes it's like those colors and shades that you notice as you're going through it where you're like "Ooh, that was good that was subtle yeah and you know Mm -hmm. it's interesting because halfway through the movie i was like realizing what matt reeves was kind of doing where i was like oh no actually the villain isn't the riddler it's actually Carmen Falcone, right? Yes. Yes. Because yeah. of the big kind of twist at the end, at least that Bruce has within his own, like he starts to have like this identity crisis where he's yeah. like, oh my gosh, which is why he says to Alfred, you lied to me because uh, of who he thought his father was. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's like, I've been doing this to avenge my father and to do things in the name of justice. And then my <laughs> father went and committed this crime. Mm-hmm. But then the manipulation that Carmine, Carmine does to him is such a, it's such a fucked up thing to do and it's yeah. such like a subtly villainy thing to do 
Whereas like yeah. the Riddler's doing all of these obvious horrible things, but like that's such a subtle mental mind fuck that he just did to like really mess up Bruce Wayne. And that's probably the most evil thing in the whole fucking movie, you know? And right, yeah. doesn't it speak to like this vigilante thing, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. I had a moment when, <laughs> when we get to the end where I thought, yeah, I mean, yeah, Joker's insane and he's about to, you know, try to kill everybody. But I thought like, oh, but he did kind of get rid of a corrupt cop. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mayoral, mayoral candidate. And, you know, yeah. you kind of like it was to me, I was like, well, there's a bit of a moment where people in the city could argue like, was Joker doing anything? I mean, Riddler doing anything different than Batman was, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was like, it was kind of like, because I almost had the same Batman thing where I was like, yeah, we went to Arkham. We're like, we're not on the same team, you dumb dumb. And I was like, and movie done and then when he was like no i'm not finished and i was like oh there we go all right yeah you are yep you're the bad guy sorry sorry i was about to be like you're a redeemable psycho but no 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 you are insane we gotta go save everybody what an introduction to a fourth act for a film that i didn't know i needed you know (laughs) yeah i i will be very honest this was much like um church in the sense that like i thought the sermon was over at least four times and was oh like, yeah amen. Yes. and then it was like I, uh, and it was like and I now it was I like call and that, as we walk through yeah i call that the return of the king effect where it's like oh it's over <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah. not oh it's over oh it's not yeah um yeah no like the you know what i loved about the riddler too was obviously that's why he gets all these people to get on his side too because it's yeah. like he's doing these terrible things but he's also unmasking a greater evil a more subtle yes. under in the shadows kind of evil and that's one of the best sequences in the film when peter sarsgaard who i had no idea was in this movie what a special treat <laughs> um but <laughs> this whole gets movie is the like bomb. you're in this movie yeah the whole movie was a big surprise but he gets the bomb around his neck and he has yes. and it's like all right five minutes and he lets himself die instead of reveal carmine falcone that is yeah. evil like he's like mm-hmm. no it's you don't understand how deep this goes but that's the thing is like again maybe because i'm a snitch like i was just like just say it just say it just say it like i kept thinking he was gonna say it. i thought he was his head was gonna blow up before he could say it right like i thought that's where we were going is that he was gonna mm-hmm. that would have like, been good too yeah yeah i thought he was gonna be like the rat is kaboom and instead the yeah. fact that he was like like you said he was like no i'd rather die and i was like yeah. what yeah. i don't care Crazy. about anybody Crazy. that much yeah. i'd roll over on anyone i know if i had a bomb around my neck <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> seriously but again apparently his wife his kids everybody would have been dead so you know cra- like that's how deep it goes which also did anyone else think of the sherlock benedict cumberpatch episode of moriarty when moriarty was putting bombs around people's necks yeah and was doing oh. kind of like the same thing and that whole like relationship between sherlock and moriarty but also because i'm a child i thought of wild wild west too where i was oh. like i was like when he put this because again i'm a child and i was like this is like wild wild west i've seen this before i, I, I thought it was saw but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I it's yeah, not necessarily a problem, but if you enjoy the <laughs> dynamic between Batman and Riddler, check out that Sherlock show because they kind of they they kind of did this already and they did it really well in that. And Moriarty's yeah. portrayal in that is just fantastic. But getting back to Batman, I do want to praise John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, yeah. who, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've only seen him once before as Colin Wilkinson, I think, in Batman Begins. And uh, I think just John Turturro just did a fantastic job making him a gangster. He was I in have- Batman Begins? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I don't he was. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. I have to but say briefly. the part that really got me, where I was like, because again, I love the Riddler. The part that got me is when the letter was 
addressed to Bruce Wayne and then inside said to the Batman. And I really uh-huh. was like, I was like, oh, he got him. He got him. Yeah. He knows who he is. Yes. He knows. And I was like, he's going. And I was on the same journey where when like that video was downloading and he was like, this is the end. And they were like, of what? And he was like, the Batman. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows. Like mm-hmm. he's about to tell everybody you know and all this stuff. Thank you for pointing oh, out ahead. that scene because <laughs> I actually just want to give a shout out to the editor of this film because that whole sequence where he realizes that Alfred's in danger and he's calling him yes. and Alfred opens up the letter and you hear the phone ringing and everyone in the theater is thinking, Alfred, pick up the phone. Yeah. But then you realize yeah. that yeah, it already yeah. happened and that the that audio was, yeah. was yeah, present time and the video was in past. That's good editing right there. Yeah, I it thought is. that yeah. was well, it is. I totally it got beautiful. me. Yeah. It is. You don't. I don't think you re- you rarely see that kind of play with time mm-hmm. and, and like it's like it's a, it's very much a cinematic technique it is, that you don't yeah. see very often in superhero movies yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's like Silence of the it remind me of that moment in Silence of the Lambs where you think that they're going to the house to help Clarice but they're not. They're at a yeah. different house. It's yes. like the power of editing and that to mm-hmm. me is just I love when filmmakers do that when it's like fooled you and they subvert yeah. it and that again like Chef's kiss. Because I was oh, yeah, because I kept thinking, up to that point, like, I was thinking, Alfred get up and answer the phone the whole time. I was like, get up mm-hmm. and answer the phone. And then mm-hmm. when she was like, oh no, Mr. Wayne, something bad has already happened. I yeah. was like, chills. Wow. Yeah. I thought she was in on it. I thought she was part of the I did too. Like, yeah. I, did I was too. like, oh no, they, they got were... to her. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Yeah. I was like, that was like, they're about I was to be waiting like... for for her her like a laughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. I thought the reveal was about because again the letter said to the to Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and then inside I was like, ooh, this bitch is a plant. This has been like a yeah. whole plant <laughs> situation. I was like, we gonna find out this is Riddler's mom and yeah. she adopted <laughs> him and she's been working there forever and they've been plotting against this dude and then it was and then I think that's what was like I think again that's what's brilliant about Riddler is you have mm-hmm. this sense where you're like he's a genius he's a cheat he's right he knows mm-hmm. what he's talking about and then that moment in Arkham Asylum yes. when he keeps being like Bruce, Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. Bruce. and you're like ooh, he knows and then he's like we're gonna kill his ass and you're like yeah. oh yeah, you don't yeah. know another so great psych out. Yeah. yeah 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 and For so sure. even that moment when he was like I thought you got my riddle I was like player you should have turned and been like i thought you got mine and then leave and be like <laughs> be like i guess we're both dumb we both yeah. didn't figure out each yeah. other's plan and i just want to point out for that one another good performance on robert pattinson because hiding in the shadows you can see like he's welling up with like tears he's like oh the jig is up but like he's just playing it's as cool as humanly possible in those shadows and when he realized like oh good i'm, I'm safe i'm fine then he yeah. comes back into the light, you know yeah uh, great direction from uh from matt reeves on this yeah for sure and also at that point, you're like, oh, my God, of course Riddler thinks that he's in with him because yeah. he's the fuck. Like we said, he's a weirdo. What is he doing at these crime scenes? What is mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> I'm a creep. I don't belong here. Like, it's yeah. really literally that. So, of course, the Riddler's looking at him like a, like he a kinship with him, yeah. which just puts Batman's role in this world. It makes it so much clearer in how, you know, the citizens of Gotham think uh, think of him, you yeah. know, which is back in the Adam West days. The citizens of Gotham trusted him. You know, they had yes. that red phone and special for him and now we're in a world where the citizen of Gotham do not trust him they don't like know I who said, this the, guy the is the cartoon era was like he's James Bond everybody loves him women are fawning over him he goes to galas in his bat suit and people are like oh my god mm-hmm. it's Bruce Wayne you know <laughs> yeah. it's Batman and the bat to see yeah. yeah and it's like and there was just I it again it feeds into that thing where like he thought they were on the same team it's like I'm killing bad guys you're killing bad guys we're mm-hmm. working together like yep, it was yep. just yeah really really good and what so also like 
I just want to say that Gotham in this film is like the first time I've actually felt a real sense of the city of Gotham yeah. since the 90s. Oh. Uh, oh, okay, good. I was about yeah. to say, like, yeah. really not during the Tim Burton era? Like, Well, Tim Burton, that's one of the best thing about his films is yeah. he's an expressionistic mm-hmm. filmmaker, and so his his Gotham just looks completely out of this world, like out of a painting, out mm-hmm. of like a 1920s German expressionist yeah. film. And even Joel Schumacher, you know, like, his was kind of wild. With, like, over the top. Wacky. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, costume still, and set designs mm-hmm. were crazy, whereas Christopher Nolan's Gotham, it, it didn't really feel like I didn't get a sense of Gotham, right? Well, yeah. That's and true. I think, well, that's because Christopher Nolan really focused on hyper-realism yes. to a fault sometimes. Yeah. Uh, where this one kind of went into kind of, again, that grungy look. It's always raining here. It's We're like in Seattle or something. Mm-hmm. And I think the uh, part that always kind of made me roll my eyes with Nolan, right, was like this idea that it's like, I'm going to I'm gonna film Gotham in like forgotten great American cities. So like it's never going to be one place. It's going to be like Detroit and Pittsburgh. And you know, it's like you're Mm going to look and be like, oh, these are forgotten great American cities. And like that's what got. And I was like, bro, I don't need to see (laughs) freaking any of the damn Steelers players in Gotham. Like I don't need to tie this to the real world. Like let me see this weird underbelly gross place that is literally like the upside down of yes. real yes. life yes. where it's like there, yeah. it, there are less redeemable good people and mm-hmm. more just awful things happening but you know this mm-hmm. this world also really tried to you know put like kind of like a mirror to society i think you know with yes. with with gotham uh square garden <laughs> yes. and you know and having iphones and just like having things that we all can connect with like the zodiac references yeah. um i definitely think that matt reeves was almost kind of going for like this this is very much like a reflection of our world. Yeah, and yes. to the point where by the time Bella Real like makes her speech at the end and she's like, oh, I wish we could all come together. You're kind of in the audience uncomfortable being like, oh, man, if only we could. If only we could. Right? Like, you feel like she's talking to you. And I think it also like her speech at the end is like my joke about euphoria where I'm like euphoria and glee exist in the same world. Right. Because like there are kids <laughs> who are having a euphoria experience and there are kids having a glee experience. And then there are kids like who were just like what the heck like who are just like i who show up to lexi's play and are like what yeah i didn't know this is what Mm. y'all were doing and i feel like that was kind of the (laughs) funny thing about her speech is you're like your speech is lovely that you're like let's work together gotham you're like girl do you know on the weekends there is a whole underground sex drug club (laughs) underneath the nightclub like you're just like what gotham do you live in and it kind of helped realize like this thing of like there are people who are living in the city who have who are just going to their job at the Dunkin' Donuts or like they're yeah. going to Soul Cycle Gotham and they're like <laughs> and they're like, You mean to tell me there's been a deadly like terrorist roaming our streets this whole time? And it's like, Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. Like, and that's what makes you kind of roll your eyes when she's like, this is a new day. And you're like, no, girl, this is Gotham. There is no new day. It's just yeah. the same yeah. story. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which on. also, you're sitting in the theater and you're listening to that and you're like, oh, man, it's never going to end. The no. crime, it's all never going to end, you know, so it's crazy. But I love There's always a Batman. Yeah. But, you know, there's an overall theme to this film that I really felt like came through, you know, like the whole orphan and parenting and identity issues uh, i thought was really at the core you know because selena yeah. again her issues with her father right you know um the riddler and being an orphan mm-hmm. alfred's weird like kind of like yeah. this is kind of like your father at this point and you're not really treating him with i mean he he was a dick to alfred he yeah. was this is actually yeah. the meanest the i think jump. i've ever seen bruce to yeah. uh alfred in a movie yeah yeah because so much of alfred is always portrayed as this like 
beloved caretaker in Bruce's life. Mm-hmm. And there was just, it was kind of jarring to see him be like, you lied to me. I hate you. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah. whoa, 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 okay. And that was one <laughs> thing that I will say was missing was kind of like an end scene of them kind of like at least having a step towards, you know, repairing that. Uh, maybe there wasn't, I can't remember it, but I don't think it was there. And that was one thing that I was like, I don't know, if you have this thing where Selena's thing with her father got resolved and the Riddlers got resolved, you know, I know there's going to be more Batman movies, so maybe they'll eventually get resolved, but at least have something with Alfred. It was kind of resolved when he said, when he realized that, like, the moment he was most scared since, like, his parents' death was when Alfred was about to die, you know. It was kind of there. It kind of there, yeah. I mean, maybe. (laughs) This is emo, this is emo Bruce. He's not going to give you everything. This is true. (laughs) Well, yeah, he gave me all the emo, and I actually... I did love that. I just, I um, did appreciate, like, I really did appreciate, because it made, it also made the switch to me, at least, uh, still, between the two personas make sense, because mm-hmm. it was, because it was, he was so awkward, <laughs> I mean, just him walking to that church for the funeral, again, you're yes. like, <laughs> yeah, you're like yeah. open your mouth, speak, yeah. you're so weird, don't I felt, just I, I got that social anxiety disorder moment right? with him. The yeah, whole time I was like, sure. bro. Don't leave your house if it makes you this uncomfortable. And it's like here he can't even like form a sentence. Meanwhile, as as the Batman, he's able to like talk to Selena Kyle and like yeah. be like super smooth. Flirty. Yeah, and yeah. all this mm-hmm. stuff. And like you And know, you see him wanting to be vulnerable. Stomach. Yeah. Yeah. But he can't but yet. He can't yet. But you know, I mean just creep. Performances. <laughs> <laughs> just, it just uh, made me so uncomfortable. I hated it. Yeah, yeah. So performances, filmmaking, stylization, great editing and sound editing. You know, one of the last things I want to talk about is that music, that score by Michael Giacano. Um, You know, that's the thing is that Batman's music is always such an important part of his media representation. Right. Mm -hmm. And the Danny Elfman score back from the back, you know, Batman. Like we all still know that fucking song. It was so iconic. Um the Danny Elfman score that was also used in the animated series. Even like every single Batman score has been so important to the overall feeling of kind of like the stylization of it. And I even made a post on social media where I was just like, you know, what's your ultimate Batman theme? Mm -hmm. And I did overall, I think Danny Elfman has gotten it for, you know, the Batman in 1989. But I honestly think that this is probably the best Batman music since the Batman forever movie. Because uh, I, I personally love yeah. the Batman Forever music. I personally love it. But no, I agree with you. I I I think there's something about when I first heard a song in the trailers, I'm just like, oh, this is an interesting move. To me, it sounded very reminiscent of uh, Darth Vader's theme. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, it was a. It's dun, a very yeah. It's a mm. very distinct dark. I'll be honest. My thing about scores is that my feeling is I want to either not notice it or love it right Mm -hmm. so i don't even want to like if it's bad then i'm like well you ruined the movie i'm like i'd rather not pay attention i think what i loved in particular again on the riddler is like i love this idea of taking ave maria and putting it in a minor chord Mm. and that that was Mm -hmm. his theme like i i just think there's a lot of smart choices made and again being a snob who plays like an orchestral instrument i'm always very big on like when and how the bass line is used and the richness of the sound. Like I always learned from my orchestra uh, conductor, it's like, listen for the bass that will tell you the richness of the sound of what you're. And so I, I love that it was this very like bass heavy creation because it gave 
a lot of depth to the music and a depth to the characters that needed to be there. As were like Riddler taking Ave Maria into a minor chord gave it such like dissonance, like like auditory dissonance that you were like, ooh, I don't okay, let's not do that <laughs> anymore. Like yeah, it made yeah. you not enjoy his presence on screen because it was like Absolutely. I don't really hear that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And well, oh I'm sorry, Mackenzie, what instrument? I play bassoon. Ooh. <laughs> wow, that is so fucking cool. <laughs> um yeah, I just I loved it. I love that everyone had a theme. Actually Catwoman's theme, because I'm I'm a nerd and I'm like very, I love listening to film scores. It was mm-hmm. very reminiscent of Selena's theme in Batman Returns. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So I kind of thought that that was a nice callback that he did. Uh, but yeah, overall, I just thought that it was such a, it really set the tone of the film very well. Um, and also, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And costume design. What did you guys think about the costume design for this uh, film? I was so pleased with the Catwoman costume. Because I will be Me honest. Too. Yeah. It always takes such a weird, cartoony... It's like Batman always gets this cool thing. And then they mm-hmm. somehow always find out, like, God bless Michelle Pfeiffer. But the, like, the latex with the white stitching and the cat mm-hmm. ears and the tail. And you're like girl what or even Anne Hathaway I love her too but it's like now it's got you got like a cat ear headband on like what is happening I thought this was like very clever in the sense that you were like I could believe that Mm -hmm. this is a cat burglar like this is what she wears to rob people rather than it being like oh you take time now I will say on Batman I was like child if he takes another beat to go put on this damn eyeshadow i can't <laughs> with this like that was the part that every time like i couldn't get myself to stop being like it's taking him a long time to come out on that subway platform because <laughs> i was like i was like this man had to get shoved in a corner because he got to put his damn eyeshadow on yeah mm. yeah <laughs> i will say this though i do so i appreciated that eyeshadow only because all the batman <laughs> Have no, I agree. Before, like, it's I mean? good, but it was just like the fact that they made a yeah, point to be like, to like, eyeshadow. Yeah, to let, they let Begin. you know, too. Yeah, when, yeah. He's, yeah. When, when he's not wearing the mask, there's eyeshadow underneath, and just like, oh, okay, good. They broke that fourth wall, finally. Yes. yes. And, I was uh, like, and again, it added to my, like, he's so awkward as Bruce Wayne that it's like, that that's like the last vestiges of Bruce Wayne, it felt like to me to be like, I gotta mm-hmm. do the thing. And then Batman's like, move out of the way, weirdo. Like, put the cowl on, <laughs> put the suit. I thought, um, Riddler's costume was so unnerving. It was so yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it's just, I don't know. Some, it's that parka. Yeah, it's something, not even just the parka, but something about like covering your head in plastic wrap again yeah. adds to like, this is an unhinged man to cover mm-hmm. your head in plastic wrap, yeah. then wrap yourself in duct tape and like a gimp mask. It was like, uh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. like yeah. this. As somebody who also needs glasses to see, I love that. Uh, he has to take a beat to put his glasses on over his mask. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. I, I was wanting his costume to be a little bit more like costumey and ca- like at least like oh, villainy yeah. because even with the Joker when they're like more like r- real or whatever, like he's still got the classic Joker thing with the purple yeah. and purple the green hair and, and the white hair. face. So it's like I, I kind of wanted him to be a little bit more like he it didn't feel like a comic book villain but that's my own personal thing i like a nice balance 
I have to yeah. say, it felt like an origin of the Riddler in the sense that, like, again, the Jim Carrey of it all, right? It's, like, the dude and the suit, and there's question marks all over it. Yeah. And so it did. It felt very, like, homemade and weird and, like, mm-hmm. his first, like, foray into trying out this persona. Mm-hmm. But there was just something that, like, comforted my little nerd heart when they pulled him out of the cafe and he had made the classic question yes. mark in the yeah. latte. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought to myself, like, all right, you're sitting in an Arkham Asylum with like the man who is the the king of villains with theatricality. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, Joker's gonna teach him like, no, you've got to like, you gotta add some razzle dazzle to your crime. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta get some, you gotta get an outfit and you gotta get a thing and like, don't I be, just, it's like, don't be afraid of color. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I was like, yes. I love it. I love this for them. Is like for him to kind of be in Arkham with him for him to teach him like what he got right and what he got wrong this time. True, well, true, now true. Yeah, now true, I hope true. Matt Reeves gives us that scene. I want to see like a queering eye of Riddler. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know, right? I just want to see him again because like who didn't love that in the Jim Carrey version where it's like oh, yeah, a, no. bol- a bolt of fabric, a yeah. tailoring, like... <laughs> yeah. The leotards, the sparkle, the <laughs> yes. uh, the light up question marks all over. I mean, it's. I mean, the, the, those costumes were statement pieces, and yes. I think this was lacking. Yeah. Uh, on the Batman costume, I just want to say though, when I first saw like the pictures of it, I wasn't thrilled with it. I didn't like the collar, for example. Okay. I just thought it was like these are a little weird, and it felt a little homemade. I think you were they were still going that route. By the time I saw it in the movie, though, I think the way it flowed and it fit into the world, it, I thought it looked fabulous. I thought it looked yeah. great. Yeah. I think. They gave uh, uh, Robert Pattinson more of a mouthpiece because yes. Christian Bale's was smaller, and it was always looked awkward. Yeah, I think here he 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 got. So I, sure, I ended up sure. loving. I thought the costume looked sure. great. I have to say because it is so realism based, there are like I trust Matt Reeves with like certain villains that I think have had a bad shake. Like mm. I really want to see a well done Poison Ivy, but I'm yes. also like, mm-hmm. yeah. how does Poison Ivy fit in this world? Right? It's like because this is not the land of like. Uma Thurman's whatever the hell that was like Catherine Hepburn meets Her, superhero mm-hmm. meets, meets drag queen <laughs> it meets drag queen it's like obviously this is gonna have to be a woman that like has a level of subtlety to the the thing like the same thing with Harley Quinn like I'm like mm-hmm. I want to see what Matt Reeves's version of these things comes out as because absolutely what you imagine again off of the like the spandex and the light up question marks and and the literal two-face or the penguin Mm -hmm. with the hands and the face is instead you get like a guy who's got a disfigured scar on his face that hasn't given him this like hook pointy nose it's like you get like i just i would love Mm -hmm. to see what his interpretation is of these these very cartoony things. Absolutely. I think it would be easy because like, I think a lot of people can empathize with her love of the environment mm-hmm. considering how we're going right now. This is true. Like, I don't see, I picture a world where like they make Poison Ivy an anti-hero, not a straight up villain. Yeah. But mm. they did it well with Riddler, right? It's like, yeah. you yep. can't yeah. help but, but the world we live in now sit in that audience as he talks about the corruption of the people. Like I said, I was like, well, he did get rid of a corrupt mayoral candidate and a, yeah, dirty yeah. cop, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he it was wrong. He probably shouldn't have done it that way. But I mean, yeah. it's one less, it's one less criminal 
you know, politician. And it's like, and I think it would be the same thing with Ivy, right? It's like if some woman stood on a screen and was like full on eco-terrorism, we'd be like, well, I mean, she's got a point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know? Yeah, I would root we, for we her. We are destroying the planet. But then it's like, it's that little beat where you're like, okay. It's like the way I feel about cults. It's like, I'm with them <laughs> until there's one thing you say that I'm like, oh, oh. You crossed that was, line. Yeah, I'm like, I was, I was with you, Tom I Cruise, was with you till you the said end. it was a spaceship. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was good on the like, we should be nice to each other. Like, we should find alternatives for traditional medicine. And then like, oh, oh, there is an alien living in my body. Okay, I'm out. Mm. Thanks yeah, a lot. <laughs> I completely, though, agree with you, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to see more from Matt Reeves because this is actually something that I, even though DC is really problematic and it's like, what's going on with the DCEU or whatever, what they do is that every film feels like that filmmaker's film. The thing that I don't like about Marvel is that it yes. doesn't matter who's directing it. All of these films have the same template that they're all supposed to abide by. The exact you know? same. Which is, which yes. is why I didn't go and oh. see Ant-Man because Edgar Wright, one of my favorite filmmakers, he walked off of the project because he wasn't able to do what he does. He, he needed to follow their template. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I can't see this because he's not, it's not going to be a film. It's just going to be a temp, like a template. And DC doesn't do that. And I so actually it's all over the place. It's confusing timeline wise, you know, but I appreciate that they will put that filmmakers artistry first. Hmm. I have to say for an argument again, like no surprise, I'm going to like try to defend the Marvel of it all, but right. (laughs) Like I think there's something to be said about, I think it pushes your creativity when you're given constraints and there's like very Mm. specific guardrails because it's like right it's like when when they'll do those things where it's like you know project runway of it all where it's like this is the dress everybody has to make their version of it and it's like guess what surprise like the most creative person will figure out how to take those rules and make you something beautiful right like chloe zhao or Mm -hmm. ryan coogler you know it's like all of a sudden you're like damn that's true so this is what this can be if you like can really push it and but i do think there's there's a moment where a part of me is like that's what's missing from the DCEU where I'm like, I hope other people look at what Matt Reese has done. Yeah, no, for sure. And try to figure out like, what's my interpretation on like, like kind of this uh, like magical realism version of a, like ostensibly a cartoon. Right. Because I think like that's, that is what makes it disjointed is you're just like, you know, you're like the suicide squad has got like a full on like kapow, like squeaky toy, like, you know, it's like sound in it and you're just like oh and then like harley quinn is like people punch somebody and glitter explodes out of their right body. right right and like yeah you know and then like chris nolan's got a full cave full of bats also god bless every director that gets batman because they clearly all are like well you gotta have bats you gotta always <laughs> like it's always so literal with batman where it's like well, yeah you gotta have a place with bats. we gotta talk about his parents bats. yeah yeah it's yeah. like and i just thought he i thought he in that kind of marvelly way like he took those constraints those like you gotta do these things and did them in a way that i was like oh that's that's clever like rather than the usual like you know the opening Mm -hmm. signal with the bats emerging it's like no the bat cave is a literal cave yeah it's not a fancy high-tech space it's a cave yeah Mm -hmm. that's why there are bats i miss the pole that they go down on but yeah yeah for sure (laughs) i do have to or i do have to say or i miss the very over-the-top mansion that leads into yes like a super stylized high-tech like full space where you're like what the what the hell yeah, this is I, in your house? I became worried for Bruce afterwards because it's like, yo, like, 
the city just flooded. They're going to be draining all this stuff. I like someone may to... come across your back cave. You Do know you that, know right? how much I wonder <laughs> that whenever I watch a movie that has a construction of a secret space? Because I'm like, there is a contractor That's somewhere also... in Gotham City <laughs> mm-hmm. who is like, did he kill him? I'm... What did he do? Yeah, I was like, I was like, there's some contractor who everybody thinks is insane because at his family's Thanksgiving, he's like, guys, <laughs> I built Bruce Wayne. I'm telling you, a back cave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to put parking spaces in and plumbing and wire. <laughs> Hiring? I'm pretty sure he's Batman. Like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, to I start, like, uh, oh, go for it. No, Eddie. no. I would, I would just love to see a story where it's like an intern at an architect, um, putting the and, pieces together. Yes. No, like he, he's, he's like going through the archives, like you know, just being proactive, <laughs> going through the archives, and all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute, what? Is this? Yeah. What is this he large this paperwork for? Yeah. Structure doing here. Yeah. How does yeah. Bruce, how does Bruce like go around like paying for all of this and nobody Lots like his accountant doesn't money. see it? I but, say that yeah. constantly. Yeah. I'm like yeah, I'm like somebody on like the Bruce Wayne trust is like, hey, Mr. Wayne, not to <laughs> alarm you, but it looks like we have been making sizable purchases from a military supply yeah. company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is he not in jail? Um, yeah. But to wrap this up, we we always ask a question at the end, you know, and it's it's one that I'm really excited to hear your answers on. Did you guys think that this Batman, this reboot of the Batman was needed? We'll let Mackenzie go first. Go. Yeah. Ooh. Was it? OK. See, because the question was, it was it needed? Mm-hmm. And coming off the slight dumpster fire that was the Justice League and uh the end of Peacemaker that asked us, does Aquaman actually have sex with fish? I think this, <laughs> I think this was needed. I definitely think this was needed to kind of like give the DCEU a chance to be a legitimate player in the kind of world of, of storytelling in this superhero mm-hmm. era of film. Yeah. Yeah. Rolando. Yeah. I, I came out, thinking like same thing it's just like oh I didn't realize I thought you know it's just like why I already got my three good Batman films that I like the you know the Dark Knight trilogy Uh, it's like do we need another Batman story I know that like Justice League did leave a sour taste in a lot of (laughs) DC fans but it's just like all right but like at least uh, Snyder I'll say this he did have a vision for his story like it wasn't one that I liked but it was his vision (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I need another Batman film for a while. I think DC has a huge roster of characters to explore. Why are we focusing so much on Batman? <laughs> but then I came out of the theater and I was like, oh, no, I needed this one. This yeah. was this was, this was was such a – it was a f- good movie. It was a good mystery. I loved uh, a lot of the portrayals here. So it was just like, yeah, no, it, I, I needed it. I didn't know. I needed it, yeah. but I needed it. And, you know, I'm I'm different from you guys because I'm not the biggest superhero content person. Um I Shame. I'm like I'm just like a movie person and I I like a balance of like type of movies and I feel like there's way too many superhero movies and not enough of like <laughs> other. So why I'm going to say that this was needed is because if you're not someone who's super into the superhero, you know, fandom world, I think this is actually a good movie for you because at the end of the day, this is a great film. Um mm-hmm. and it yeah. works outside of that, you know? Like I think it goes beyond like you don't need to watch all these other films. It's a standalone film on its own. And I just think that as, yeah, it's, it's a bit long, you know, and I went into it being like three fucking hours superhero movie. And yet I came out kind of really loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not a Christopher Nolan fan either. So to me, this is one of the best Batman films since the nineties. Wow. Yeah. I mean, 
Okay, you're just like kind of stabbing me, but that's that's fine. Uh, I will say this though: the movie did it was three hours. It did not feel it. I will like I think it had a good pace because by the end I was just like, oh, that kind of I, yeah. I think for Last me, twenty kind of minutes kind of felt I, it, but like I said, did. I thought the movie might have been over four times. So there were like some points where I was like, oh, yeah. this is good. This was a good. T- oh, let me sit back down. Yeah, there yeah, were definitely yeah yeah, 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 definitely those. And then the other thing I will to your point though, Nicole. Uh, this is kind of, it feels like a standalone movie, and I kind of do appreciate that because my problem, not problem with Marvel because I love going to the Marvel movies, but sometimes they feel like a TV show where I'm just like, if I miss one movie, I have to like play yeah. catch up. You know what I mean? Agreed. And like, this does offer audiences an opportunity to just like, you not, you haven't seen the other ones, it doesn't matter. This is yeah. a brand new thing, and like, you know, yeah. whether or not it's going to be continued, we don't know. They don't know yet. I don't think it's yeah. been announced that there's a sequel yeah. officially. No, I it's think, just I a good night out at the movies. Yeah. I do have to say, off of what you said, Nicole, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like, since the 90s, I have to say, like, I've always been an Eartha Kitt fan, right? I love what Eartha Kitt did and created with Catwoman. I think we have watched decades of Batman film and TV of people trying to do their version of Eartha Kitt, mm. where it becomes like, ooh, this kitty wants to scratch. Come over and talk to me, Batman, and all this stuff, this very, like, Mae Westy kind of thing. <laughs> and yeah. I think what I loved about this film is what you said. If you know nothing about any of this, if you have no clue what Bat-Cat is, if you have no clue that Eartha Kid or Julie Neymar ever played Catwoman, if you don't know that anybody's ever played the Riddler, if you don't know who the hell the Joker even is, you can sit in this film and at the end of three hours, I mean, not for my mother who could give a damn about these superhero <laughs> films, but like you could sit through that th- three hours and be like, that was a good movie. That was fun. And then... Like it was a good mystery. It was all of it, but yeah, like for the people that that get the shades, it was something for them too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Let's do a lightning round, okay? What we've been waiting for lightning round. to pick Yay. our favorite versions of these characters. And I say, yeah. let's start with Catwoman, Mackenzie. Yeah. I think Eartha I know Kit. yours, Eartha Kit. Look at that. <laughs> Eartha Kit. She yeah. is one of the most iconic Catwoman, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that there were three of uh, Catwoman for the '60s series because she's the one that just stands above the rest. Yes. You know, I mean, I she wasn't even in the movie. Nicole corrected me when I sent the email to you, Mackenzie. She's just like, you forgot Lee Merriweather. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, it's, but I think like that's what I love is like, right. It's like you wait for somebody to set the bar. Right. It's yeah. like, like, I feel like you got Eartha Kitt. You got Heath Ledger on Joker. Like you have people yeah. that set the like, oh, damn, I got to try to do that. And I think. I have I love all the other Catwomen that have followed love Halle Berry I love mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway again I have famously said if somebody could play me in the movie it would be Anne Hathaway but like <laughs> but like everybody has felt like they are doing a version of Eartha Kitt and mm-hmm. I and that's why I love her and then yeah, that's what makes yeah. me love Zoe independently is that she was like forget this I'm doing my own version yeah that's true that's true Rolando Mine is actually Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman because it's I think seeing her go from mousy to like dominatrix almost to like just going unhinged. It was just a great character arc that we get to see for her. And I actually do enjoy the costume. I think it's so I, not practical, but oh, like yeah. it is iconic. I mean, you know? <laughs> she was thrown out of like a 25 foot floor window, died, but then yeah. got revived by the licks of cats and then came out to be this fierce ass bitch. Who just like gives the greatest zingers and one liners? Like if that's not like everyone's goals, then I don't know what your goals are. Reevaluate it's your definitely, life. Yeah, it's I definitely have to say she's, a, she's a close second for me because I yeah. just always, I just always thought that Catwoman was like 
unhinged. I was like, oh yeah, she was. Yes. Like when people talk about like, oh my bitch was my ex was a crazy bitch. Like that's who they're talking about. That's who. That's Michelle Pfeiffer. And she got that whip action down. So impressive too. So psychotic. I love it. Eddie. Well, also Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. And it's, yeah, it's that's just, my it's, youth, it's right? Just, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like just being a little gay boy looking at her and just like, oh my God, this is yeah. what. I mean, before I had a name for yeah. it, that that was camp for me. <laughs> yes. Was yes. Like, it was that. Just her yeah. movement, her body, and, and just the way she just yeah. dominated each scene. I was just like. Yeah. I love her so much. Amazing. Definitely. And Nicole. No, I, Michelle Pfeiffer for me too. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer yeah, for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Michelle Pfeiffer wins. Well, it's Earth, Earth we all Kid agree. being a second, uh, yes. s- second, and then all the way at the end is Anne Hathaway, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the Riddler and our three options are Frank Gorshin from the '60s, Jim Carrey from Batman Forever, and Paul Dano in this new one, Mackenzie. Who's your Riddler? Oh my God, I have to pick between Paul Dano because see, here's the thing: it's just a, it's a battle royale between Jim mm-hmm. Carrey and Paul Dano. Absolutely. Um, oof. Only because he is very unsettling and made me so uncomfy with that stupid mask. I'm gonna have to put Paul Dano first. Mm, okay. All right. I was also gonna go Paul Dano, but I think that was recency bias because when I was rewatching <laughs> the Batman Forever, I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like this performance is just so top, over the top, crazy, wacky. It's silly but like in yeah. the best way possible so i'm gonna go with it's it's you know uh, it, it's just like it's so draggy i loved it yes i'm it going is. with jim carrey oh it is i have to bring my love to mr frank gorshin because i also think that he came up with the classic supervillain laugh with his laugh his riddler laugh from the 60s one where he was like <laughs> like it was so creepy <laughs> caesar romero too with the joker but i i honestly think that like caesar romero's joker was just kind of like flighty whereas like the riddler was actually really evil and and his yeah. outfit is so tight i just yeah <laughs> i i gotta show some love to frank gorshin's riddler you know i think he set a bar there that's every Joker, every Riddler has been picked. Eddie, do you have a, you get a tiebreaker? Yeah. No, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Uh, Jim Carrey. Okay. <laughs> okay. If, if anything for the costume changes that he does. Yeah. They were I just think, like, but like so again, out. this is why I love that era of Batman, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I loved that there were like, that you had like, what was his face? Like when he was Mr. Freeze, he had like. Oh, like, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like Schwarzenegger basically had like, uh, what was that? Rich Widow uh, dressing mm-hmm. gowns to wear. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> I loved the, Like that was just an era where i was like oh my god being in the batman world is awesome because it's like you know robin had like choices and suits mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. outfits and clothes and like alicia silverstone had like a range of batgirl outfits yes, and it's yes. just like yeah like the costumes in that era of batman are just like what a fun time what absolutely great, like love to see it love this for yeah all of you. joe schumacher Same. that's what he brought costume design and it was fucking yes. awesome <laughs> Um, all right, and last but not least, Oswald Cobblepot slash Penguin and our, our three to pick from are Burgess Meredith in the 60s, Danny DeVito from Batman Returns, and now Colin Farrell. Mackenzie? I mean, Colin Farrell, because I forgot that Colin Farrell mm-hmm. was in this movie. <laughs> I repeatedly had no idea who the actor was and had to keep being like Colin Farrell. It yeah. is Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah. I'm voting Colin Farrell as well. I think he just like just disappeared in the role and yes. i appreciate that wow i uh, mean danny video being a close second for me because that was just such a weird performance so i gross. to me this is the hardest one because they're all so different right and yeah. they all do a different interpretation you know i actually love the burgess meredith and where he's like half gangster half like wah, wah. 
<laughs> which Danny DeVito actually calls to. Like, if you really listen closely, Danny yes. DeVito's going like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the movie. Uh, but also the prosthetics for Danny DeVito and that portrayal yes. and that insane storyline that they just fucked the comic books and came up with for the movie. Yes. But then you got a completely different, not Penguin. Like, it's just, this one's so hard. But since you guys aren't doing it, I got to give love to Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. Danny DeVito. See, I so. all, see again, he's a close second because those creepy pointy black teeth. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Or when he bites uh, the AIDS the guy, nose, for guy's example. Nose. Like, mm-hmm. just blood spreading, terrified me as a kid. But then his heartfelt moments where he's like, I was an orphan and I just want to know who my parents are. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> so many orphans in Gotham. I just So many. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna be a villain or a hero if you're an orphan in Gotham, pretty yeah. much. Basically, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito was mine also, right, right. and 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 this was too. It's just because it was like taking that character campy, but also terrifying. You know, yeah. what? you just yeah. said the perfect thing. Batman prior to this has been high camp. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. ignore the Chris Nolan. Like prior to this, it was full camp. It was like weird force perspective all this stuff again Catwoman is licked to life by a bunch of cats it's like Mm -hmm. everybody tried to get that level of camp like Halle Berry tried and it was like no the reason it worked is because it was full on camp like Mm -hmm. at one point Batman had bat nipples like come on Mm, this Mm -hmm. is nonsense like what (laughs) yeah and like I said the world was never the same after that well I mean if you get a gay man directing a Batman movie like Joel Schumacher you know there's gonna be ass shots so I mean, what a treat! What a, what a treat! That, remember that was the yeah. opening of Batman and Robin. Yeah, I was do. Just, yes. Yeah, just yeah. their butts. Yeah. And I remember being like, "I love this movie. This yeah. is great. Boys are fun." Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that being my takeaway. I well, mean, it was one of the moments where I was just like, "Flip the popcorn. I'm gay." Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's that, done. That was me for Nicole Kidman. How highly sexualized was that movie? Like shit. Well, now yeah. that I think about it, yeah. I gotta post this video, the one that I did in, in grad school, where I just like took all the hypersexualized moments of the male yeah. physique in the Batman films. I made like yeah. a short film where I took all these. It was like found footage, so I took all these footage from like the Batman series of these hyper masculine sexual yeah. moments that are non-sexual in the film, but like let's be real, like they're super sexual. Yeah. Oh, and hell just, yeah. Like, you know. Hell yeah. Yeah. I gotta post that one day. <laughs> But yeah. Um, but so yeah. Uh, let us know your thoughts. You can comment on our social media platforms on Instagram at Remakes Reboots Revivals. We're on Twitter at Remakes Podcast. You can always email us, Remakes Reboots Revivals. Find us on Facebook, YouTube. Just search for us. And uh, Mackenzie, it was such a fucking thrill to have you. I hope you can oh, come yeah. back yes. soon. Please, you know, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Miss USA 2 T O M B A, like the degree. Um, you know, I like to say nine to five, you can find me at my job. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Fridays, you can find me on the Taylor Strucker show. Um, but it was a real treat, guys. I rarely get an opportunity to talk all things fandom uh, in my life. Uh, so this was a real treat to have a reason to go see the Batman and pretend that it was for research. Yes. <laughs> now you can expense that ticket for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yes. See, you yes. get it. You get it. Yeah. Uh, no, Mackenzie, thank you so much. Uh, loved hearing your take. And uh, yeah, no, like Nicole said, you are welcome. If there's any nerdy shit that comes up that you want to cover one day, just hit us up. Listen, Seriously. Uh, you know, Marvel's got all the things. If you guys need somebody to come back when, uh, you know. Fantastic Four is <laughs> what I'm thinking. We, oh, geez, that's a good started. one. You know, if you need if you need anybody to come by uh, for Black <laughs> Panther, happy to come back. All right. Okay. All right. We'll hold you to it. <laughs> Oh, we'll we'll be calling you. Uh, (laughs) But until next time, 
stay, stay unoriginal. unoriginal.